Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional from San Francisco, USA, Mr. Ajay Chopra. Ajay, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Ashutosh. Um, Ajay is the general partner of Trinity Ventures, which is focused on early stage investments in consumer and business applications and services. So Ajay, before we talk about Trinity, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. Yeah, so I was actually born in New Delhi, where you are. So, and I grew up all over North India. My father was in the Indian Railways, so he would get transferred every three or four years. from uh, India, I'm sorry, from Delhi, we went to various places in UP and then to Rajasthan. Um, I did my undergraduate in, at Bits Pilani. So I'm a Pilani grad. Yeah. Um, and uh, after that, came to the US uh, to University of New York at Stony Brook on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Did my master's in computer science and electrical engineering there. Um, worked in Connecticut for a little while, then you know, worked with Atari, which was a games company. I'm mm. sure you remember it, but most yeah. of the young people probably don't remember Atari. Mm. And then uh, from Atari, my boss kind of like took me to a startup. That startup raised a lot of money, but actually failed. But I had the front seat to you know witnessing the entire journey mm. uh, and got the startup bug. So along with two other folks, spun off to do a company called Pinnacle Systems. And the vision was to kind of like do for video what Adobe did for pictures. Wow. So we built over a period of 15 years, uh, we built a $400 million business, took it public on NASDAQ and multi-billion dollar market cap. And then in 2005, I merged that with another public company called Avid Technologies, which mm-hmm. actually edits almost all movies and, you know, in, in India and everywhere, uh, yeah. almost all movies are cut, actually edited mm-hmm. there. And then after that, I started investing my own, my own money in startups, as you know, most entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley do, as you know. Mm. And then sort of one thing led to another. I was asked to kind of like help out with a couple of deals at Trinity Ventures. And uh, when they raised their next fund, they asked me to join full time. Uh, so that was like 16 years ago now. And, and for the last eight years, I'm actually the managing partner of the fund. So Damn. that's my Quick journey, my, my journey in quick one minute or two. Absolutely. <laughs> and, as, and as they say, the rest is history. So <laughs> wonderful. So let's talk about Trinity Ventures, Ajay. How did you get started in the world of private equity after being an entrepreneur and investing your own money and particularly focus on focusing on early stage investments? Yeah, so, you know, it, it was kind of like what we were talking about early about sort of giving back. Um mm-hmm. You know, as you go through the entrepreneurial journey, you uh, face a lot of uh, joys and lo- lots of tribulations. So, yeah. you know, I felt that I, I could actually help the early stage entrepreneurs as they're seeking to just get the companies off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had obviously developed deep operating experience at every stage of the company's growth, all the way through the IPO and beyond. So so I felt that would be it would keep me engaged, you know, and 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 working closely with entrepreneurs. So that's what I was doing myself when I mm. was investing my own personal money. And and Trinity has that exact um, thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to be long-term partners, uh, come in early, uh, get on the boards uh, of these companies, um, and actually be, you know, partners in building, building the team, mm-hmm. uh, building the financial base of the company, helping them strategically with uh, markets and market pivots. By the way, that happens 
inevitably with startup companies over time uh, and kind of like be along that journey, you know, till they go public and sometimes even beyond. So I've been on boards of companies for like 12, 13 years, you know, post IPO and so forth, yeah. when we were the very first money in those companies. So uh, so Trinity's vision was very um, similar to what I wanted to do. And uh, the partnership had been around for at that point in time for over 20 years. And now it's been like over 30 years. So longstanding reputation in Silicon Valley, lots of, uh, you know, great history. They were, by the way, the first investors in Starbucks mm-hmm. um, and Jamba Juice and P.F. Changs and all these, you know, consumer brands way yeah. back when. Obviously, I was not there with them at that time. So, and they continued that, you know, investment in uh, consumer businesses as they went online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so companies like Fitbit, where we were investors, and then also, um, you know, in in uh, SaaS businesses as they emerged, uh, so yeah. software as service, uh, and now obviously a lot of stuff that we're doing is is related to AI or generative AI and so forth. So yeah, fascinating, fascinating. But Ajay, the other question that I had is that given the high risk of early stage investments, what metrics uh, do you look for before making an investment? Well, actually, you know, in early stage investments there really are no metrics because most of these companies have very little to no revenue. So the first thing we look for is the quality of founders. Like, are they really dedicated to this idea? And then the the two very important questions that we think through and we actually ask them uh, is why is this idea that they've come up with, you know, right for this time? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, for example, a very simple example is, you know, Ola cabs or Uber would not have been possible before mobile devices became, right. you know, uh, uh, everywhere, right? Everybody was using mobile devices. Those things were basically mobile was enabling technology mm-hmm. uh, for those types of services. So the question we ask is why now? Okay. And, and, and that ha- has to be a decent answer to that. And then the next question is why you? What makes you so special? Yeah, that this opportunity that is emerging mm. is something that you know you can grasp, uh, you know, and and make a large company rather than somebody else that may be thinking about also recognizing that market opportunity, right? Yeah. And then I would say the last thing is it's the compatibility of founders, right? Mm. Typically, the companies are started by two founders, sometimes three, sometimes more. And what we have observed in a long history of investing is uh, founder incompatibility actually becomes a big problem and is a very large reason for companies failing. Right. So we want to make sure that they have had a, you know, maybe they've worked together for a while, maybe they went to college together, they have compatible skills, so they won't be stepping on each other's toes and things of that type. So these are qualitative things we look for rather than metrics, you know, at early stage. Yeah. And uh, given the amount of experience you have first with your own money and now with Trinity, for my viewers and listeners, tell me what are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make? So, you know, the typical thing that uh, startup entrepreneurs in the tech world do is because they're technology people, mm-hmm. you know, they sometimes think that if they build, the, the customers will come, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the fact of the matter is that even the best products in the world have to be sold, right? Even iPhone had to be sold, right? I mean, the marketing campaigns and so forth. So I this is what I meant by having a, a founding team that is compatible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you usually we prefer someone that's got sort of an outbound go-to-market skill set mm-hmm. combined with a deeply technical founder. That's actually a 
you know, the formative of success is pretty good there, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that type of thing is one typical, you know, um, things that that technical founders in particular might overlook. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is that founders are very, very impatient. They um, sometimes, you know, work on an idea. And if they don't see immediate market success, they want to pivot. But, mm-hmm. you know, markets move at market space. Technology can move what much, much faster than yeah. markets move, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think recognizing that and being patient, uh, keeping the burn rate low, um, you know, and then uh, making sure that the market is coming to them as they are progressing with their product development mm-hmm. and, and product, uh, you know, introduction to the market is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we would tell them is, you know, there's only one reason why companies fail, right? Yeah. I mean, you can be a terrible CEO or horrible founder, you'll still be fine. Mm-hmm. And that reason is if you're out of cash, right? So if you don't have cash, you're out of business, right? So keeping an eye and having that mindset to be frugal in early stages, mm-hmm. um, particularly in early stages, while you're still experimenting with your idea, uh, getting the initial customers, developing the thought process and how to go to market. Um, it's really important to conserve capital, right? Um, so we are there with them, you know, because we've been through this journey ourselves, uh, side by side, uh, giving them guidance. I mean, of course, this is their company. So yeah. we don't want to be, you know, acting CEOs of any kind. Yeah. Yeah, but we are very involved board members and partners. Yeah, very interesting. Great response. Thank you. And how involved do you get post investment other than a board position? Is it just financial support or do you also get involved in strategic guidance and governance? Yeah, actually, financial support is the least of all the reasons because, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's money is equally green. So, you know, people get, get money, particularly now compared to 10 years ago from lots of different places. Uh, people come to Trinity and, you know, to me personally, because of my own entrepreneurial journey, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and they know that I can, you know, have late night conversation with them when they're going through some very difficult issue. It could be about, uh, you know, a senior executive in the company that's not working out. It could be about a new competitor that just jumped into a market. By the way, this just happened with me three nights ago that, you know, last just last week. And, um, you know, that a new competitor jumped into the CEO's uh, business and, you know, we had a late night uh, session trying to figure out like how to respond, what to do, what pricing and so right. forth. So, you know, we give them a lot of guidance along the way. The mm. money is the least of it. Yeah. Very interesting. And uh, going forward, do you get involved in the governance? Because startups generally tend to have weak governance. Very true. You know, initially... Uh, the entire focus of the business mm. is to build a good product and then find customers, right? That's the entire focus. Right. But we want to make sure when we get involved with the companies that, you know, they have a corporate lawyer. It doesn't have to be a full-time employee, part-time person from a law firm. Mm. We want to make sure they have inexpensive auditors that kind of look at numbers. We want to make sure they use an outside accounting service because they can't afford to have typically inside accountants. Mm-hmm. And make sure they get into the habit of closing books every month. Right. Because, you know, right. if you don't know where your financials are, so your cash, mm-hmm. importantly, your cash, right, then you can make all kinds of bad right. judgments, right? So, right? so getting that visibility and the discipline in place. Mm-hmm. We also try to bring on board, independent board members, uh, particularly diverse, you know, board members, women, minorities, and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, into the board that have skill sets in those areas, Um so that they can be guiding them more directly in the market segments that the company is playing in, right? So, um, so that's another uh, you know 
help that we bring in. Um, and then as the company evolves, and let's say it's, it's you know going to go public, which has happened with a handful of my companies, you know, we bring on board members that can be audit committee chairs. They're sort of experts in finances. Uh, we bring on people that can be compensation committee chairs. And so all the stuff that you need yeah. to build a round, well-rounded board to make sure that whatever we're trying to do, let's say it's an IPO, it's a successful offering, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. My next question is that, you know, in a portfolio of investments, there will be some inevitable failures. Yeah. How do you handle uh, failures and underperforming investments in your portfolio? Yeah. So, by the way, you're, you're totally right. You know, for companies that take uh, seed investment to Series A, which is typically where we play, mm-hmm. you know, what we see is that about a third of those companies are actually going to fail, either uh, return no money or return less than your investment. Uh, another third will just return maybe somewhere between 1x and 2x your investments. It is really the last third yeah. that, you know, give me a 10x or sometimes, you know, 20, 30x mm-hmm. uh, that yield a return for the overall fund. That's why I think having a diversified portfolio, you know, yeah. across several years or different mm-hmm. market circumstances across different sectors, right, um, is really important. And across, uh, you know, different types of founders is even important, right, mm-hmm. uh, including founders from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important to get that diversity. So when the companies start to have troubles, it it doesn't happen all of a sudden, right? Usually companies start to um, experience issues gradually. So the first thing we try to do is to try to understand like where is that problem coming from? Mm -hmm. Uh, If the technology is robust and the market's gonna take some some time to develop, you know, we wanna make sure they keep the burn low, Mm -hmm. perhaps give the company more money to keep going forward. If it looks like the, the the market that they're addressing is adjacent to another market that is blossoming very quickly, then doing the product pivot towards the new the, the more interesting market is is something we you know we would typically advise them to do. Uh, and in many cases, when all else fails, right, we try to see if we can find buyers. You know, many times uh, private equity buyers that are assembling, let's say, a set of technologies along with other pro- other uh, businesses they've bought. Mm. might find this of interest, right? They may not give you a lot of uh, uh, return on your money, but at least you right. find a home for the company and very importantly, the employees, right? right. So we worry right. about that a lot, that employees have a continuity in employment. Mm. Um, and, and even if you're not going to make any money in a company, we want to make sure it ends up in a place where there's continuity for the employees. Mm. Very interesting. And uh, Ajay, very often I have seen... a strained relationship between the founder and the investor because you know aspirations differ uh, how do you navigate uh, these challenges if any yeah so you know as i mentioned especially for early stage investors these relationships are decade or more long sometimes more than you know an average us marriage which is about oh. 7 or 8 years right so <laughs> so these are like long term relationships so yeah. just like in a marriage you know, you have to have constant communications and goal alignment, mm-hmm. uh, starting from the very beginning. So when we are looking at these investors and assessing them, uh, we want to make sure that they are going to build something that is aligned with our goals of mm-hmm. how big we want this to be. How could this be, you know, uh, because we don't go into any company thinking it's going to be a failure or a 1x return. We, we go into every company thinking it's going to be a 30x return, yeah. right? So we want to make sure that that possibility exists. You know, and part of that is answering that why now and why you, 
mm. questions that I talked about earlier, right? Mm. Uh, so I think as these companies evolve and develop, mm. we want to make sure we give them guidance so they end up in a good place over mm. time. Yeah. Very interesting. And the other challenge that I have often seen is that the investor wants scaling up and the founder says, let me take my time. Uh, how do you yeah, answer but, this one? Yeah, so that is an, an example of what you were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, my personal view is that the investors cannot know the business better than the CEO or the founder. There's no way, right? The, I mean, I'm I'm like on half a dozen boards and I've got another half a dozen companies that I'm watching over in different capacities. There's no way I can, I can have the time to, you know, run around, really understand that specific business that I've invested in mm. better than the team and importantly, the founders and CEOs. So, so I think at the end of the day, we believe in letting the CEO make the decisions. Okay. We give them guidance. Mm. We give them introductions to lots of different industry resources in the industries that they're working in, because we have those connections and mm. contacts. We give them, um, you know, in in our case, we actually introduce them to coaches if they're having issues with their own management style, rather than trying to make a change of the CEO. Right. We try to introduce them to coaches. I mean, there's a very interesting company called 10x CEO that you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we we uh, ask our uh, CEOs to consider, you know, joining that uh, club where you not only learn from a coach but also from peers, mm -hmm. peers that may be ahead of you in revenue and and company evolution. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I think. What you do, if you build a lot of trust with the founder, mm -hmm. they begin to believe that you are really looking after the interest and they're not watching their back, as sometimes happens you know, with venture firms, then you reduce the possibility of conflict. It's not to say that it's completely el eliminated. Uh, you know, human beings are human beings and there's bad behavior on all sides, right? Sometimes venture capitalists behave badly and sometimes founders behave badly, yeah. right? So. So you just have to be watchful for that. Sometimes that happens, but I think there are ways to avoid that if you're continually engaged with them and having a dialogue and dealing with problems uh, in an upfront way. Interesting. So time for a few more questions. Um, sure. What role does ESG and sustainability play when you are taking a decision to invest? You know, we we there are firms that are ESG investors. Mm. We are not. You know, we handle our... our to make a profit on them. But in the way we make sure that we are sensitive to those issues is number one, having diversity, not just in the management team, but also on the board. Yeah. Um, actually for companies that are now going public that are California based, it's a requirement to have diversity on the board, which we are fully supportive of. Mm -hmm. For those of our companies that start to get to scale, let's say over hundred million or so, we ask them to start taking a percentage of their profits, mm -hmm. you know, and putting towards social causes. We feel very, very strongly about that. Um, in the offices, obviously, these are decisions that the CEOs need to make, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, one of my companies that which became profitable very early started, you know, actually doing that very early in their evolution. So we are very delighted to see that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's actually helped their business because they talk about the types of causes that they're supporting. Mm -hmm. And then I think within the premises of the off office itself, you know, we try to make sure that they are, you know, uh, making sure it's energy efficient offices, uh, you know, that they, they don't have plastic floating around in plastic bottles and actually have coolers. We actually are an investor in a company called Bevy, which replaces, you know, all this plastic waste in offices and gives you healthy flavored water, companies yeah. called Bevy. So, 
you know, so we we make investments in those categories. We we try to support the entrepreneurs and founders and CEOs to mm-hmm. think about these issues and take them seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we are the supporting cast, right? Yep. Uh, the, the main performers in this act are the founders and the CEOs and the management team, right? So we want to give them advice and, you know, from our years of, you know, working in this issue and losing our hair, right? So uh, all the experiences that we have uh, with our own companies and working with lots of companies, over 400 companies in Trinity's history, mm-hmm. you know, we can give them that playbook and say, look, you know, it's your decision, mm-hmm. but here's what others did when they faced these circumstances or situations yeah well said well said so time for two more questions my next question is uh to ask you about the ones that got away everyone has a lot of successful investments in uber 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 (laughs) Uh, so yeah travis travis who is the founder was oh uh that's hurtful he was on a on a board with me company called crowdflower so we were board members and um, I was sitting and, and he came to me, um, it, this was, I think, in 2009 mm-hmm. and, and showed me this app on the phone. And at that time, it was called Uber Cab. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, look what I can do. And a limousine pulled up. So initially, as you may know, Uber's idea was to be a limousine service, basically yeah. serving the Silicon Valley, you know, elites mm-hmm. in a way. And I kind of like said, like, what is this? This is like a very elitist product. How is it going to ever find, you know, a big market? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, they even came and presented to us at our office. They were using the seed run, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, I, I just didn't see it. I They pivoted. Obviously, after that interaction, yeah. they pivoted to becoming a, a P2P service and mm-hmm. not just dealing with the... Um, you know, not just dealing with the uh, the limo services, which mm-hmm. they started with initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I still think about it. So, <laughs> What a great response. Thank you. And my last yeah. question, Ajay, and this is for the thousands of people who will watch and listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing understanding of startups and a very large number of our viewers are young startup or potential startup entrepreneurs, what would you say are three lessons you would want them to take away? Well, firstly, because, you know, you mentioned that 62% of your audience is in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not just saying this because I grew up there. What's happening in India and what's going to happen in the next couple of decades, it's mm-hmm. going to be transformational for the global economy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember once listening to Narayan Murthy, and he basically said that entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is taking creativity mm-hmm. and mental, mental energy and converting mm-hmm. that into wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the history of India and look at the, you know, millions and millions and millions of local businesses mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mom and pop, as we call them, corner yeah. stores and so forth. There's a long legacy of entrepreneurship. I mean, those people did not go for venture capitalists. Most yeah. of them, you know, use their own money. They don't go to even banks. But, you know, that 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 gene in the Indian you know, mm-hmm. ecosystem um, has now got the education. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the last decade, has got the capital. Correct. I mean, 20, $27 billion went into the Indian economy last year in, in the startup world, yeah. you know, private equity and venture capital. So mm-hmm. so I, I think that capital can be transformative mm-hmm. for a culture like that, that yeah. is, you know, already driven to succeed and work hard. Mm-hmm. And then education is predominant. So my advice would be, you know, for everybody that is working, you know, for large companies and so forth, at some point mm. in your career, mm. uh, you know, look at making that jump, 
mm. right? That would be my, you know, first advice. Mm. And then I think, you know, seek, seek the council, start attending. You know, there are so many different events that happen in Bengaluru and New Delhi you know, yeah. and Chennai and everywhere. Mm. And obviously in San Francisco, you know, for, for decades now, you know, it's almost an event every two days. Mm. Uh, you know, go to those mixers, meet people, understand experiences, think about your own backgrounds, you know, where can you find an idea that might, um, you know, get make you really excited about what you want to do and make that plunge, mm-hmm. make that plunge at the right time in your career, because mm-hmm. you don't have much to lose. I mean, mm-hmm. in th- this economy, you're largely using somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. And if the idea is good and you raise the money, that means people have validated it. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well said. And on that note, Ajay, and your amazing pieces of uh, less, you know, amazing lessons when you, of course, said that India will be a transformative economy and will transform the globe economy. Uh, you also said capital will be available. But it's very interesting that you said, you know, a lot of the young people should consider making the jump sooner than later to entrepreneurship. And right. you also spoke about training themselves and about networking and then taking the That's plunge. Right. Thank you, That's Ajay, right. for speaking to me about your own amazing journey. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of your investments in the startups, in the early stage startups. Thank you also for taking me through so many different ways you evaluate founders. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. It's been my pleasure, Ashtar. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.